0: Hello Troops, welcome back to the Granite Zero podcast. This is a bonus episode as I was put on to Will Everett's Instagram live. We talked all things, mental health, how I dealt with my issues, etc, etc, etc. But before we kick off, what I want to quickly talk about, obviously, infusion CBD. Now, CBD is scientifically proven to help with all things to do with your mind and your body, whether it's aches and pains within your muscles and joints or whether it's a series of different mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, PTSD, sleep disorders, the list goes on. Now, CBD is scientifically proven to help with all those and the best in the country, in my opinion, infusion CBD. Put in the promo code GRANITE15 at checkout to get 15% off. I honestly swear by it. I use it. I use the muscle rub, I also use the drops, and I did have some of the jelly sweets, which so Moorish, delicious. But also, just released, and now gonna be one of the sponsors of the show, might I add, comes from myself. Now Go to Amazon and type in Granite Zero. And that is where you'll find the biography of myself. That is Granite Zero. It took a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of emotion, effort. And I'm so proud of myself uh, for the first time in a long time. And it's out there for everybody to read. So you can get it on eBook as a Kindle format, or you can get the paperback. Um, so yeah, Granite Zero is sponsored by Granite Zero, the biography of Sean Thompson. So make sure you check it out. So without further ado, get straight into this bonus episode from Will Everett, Instagram Live. Please enjoy. Welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. troops Tom. here i'm just about to jump on a instagram live podcast with um will everett and will is an amazing amazing guy he does a lot in terms of um mental health uh, mental health support all that sort of thing so it's going to be a decent decent chat so what i'm going to do is i'm going to start off quick 10 minutes um going through what's been happening in the world of granite zero um and then I'm going to hit record with Will and hopefully get his audio through onto uh, onto here. Could go wrong, but also could be fucking awesome. So fingers crossed on that one. But in terms of Granite Zero podcast, what is happening? As you guys know, within a few weeks, um, the Granite Zero book by uh, myself uh, will be coming out. And it's taken a lot out of me in terms of um, going back through the long-term memory, um, remembering things um, from childhood that I don't mention within the story um, to protect um, family members, basically. Um, Things that happened within my marriage that I haven't discussed either because I don't really want... um, my dirty laundry ed for for the world to read and i don't think it's fair on uh zero alpha the long haired colonel however that being said the rest of the book is very open very honest and is 100% real and 100% me um like i said it took a lot a lot of effort a lot of time a lot of energy um and a lot of help as well from, from friends uh, through uh, Instagram. Um, the old man's read it. The missus has read it. My brother's read it. Um, and I've had a lot of um, good feedback from, from those that have read it. So hopefully you all enjoy, hopefully you'll um, get a brief insight, brief touch, into the world of of me and what made me me and what made me start granite zero um those of you that have been listening from the beginning know why i started granite zero um that being said though it's it was a whirlwind and and going back through um things that happened with with uh, close friends robbo uh robbie priddle um and the fact that I was dealing with it firsthand, not face to face, but through a radio and, and having to deal with those sorts of emotions, a lot of people don't understand um, how that can affect one person, but it does. Um, and also, a lot of things. Why is it on that? Apologies for that. A bit of a technical difficulty there annoying um but you know a lot of other things um from how I was as a teen um always wanting to get into fights always wanting to do stupid things um if I wasn't pulling girls I was trying to have a fight all those sorts of things idiotic um things like I would have bruises on my face hands knuckles um just from being a, a bit of a scamp um but that being said, you know, all those sort of things help make me be me. Um, but it goes into a lot, into a lot of detail in, in terms of what happened inside my head and, and why I started developing um, depression, anxiety. Um, the reason why the therapist diagnosed me with PTSD and, and a lot of other things. Um, it also takes you through what it's like being in the air force regiment, you know, the most hated regiment in in the entire military. A lot of people think we don't do stuff. A lot of people um, believe that we're pretty much shit, but it's not the case, you know, and it also highlights what it's like on tour when there's not a lot happening, when you're in that state of readiness, that state of always needing to go, always needing to do something and, and then it doesn't happen. And you've got all this stuff that is just built up and you haven't released it. Um, How decompression is a load of shit, really. Um, And a lot of things like that. So fingers crossed um, you enjoy the book. It'll be out soon and it's going to be Granite Zero by myself, you know, Sean Thompson. So hopefully you enjoy it. Also coming up in a few weeks, we've got... um, an army and NHS nurse coming on the show, Um, a former, uh, not former, a active member of the uh, police force um, coming on and discussing uh, different things within, within the police force and a Dr. Mark Gordon coming on uh, who has been on, on Rogan. And I believe that he, and myself and inner armor and, and that we, we have touched on something that the UK military do that needs to be stamped out. And that is pretty much shrugging off anything to do with mental health issues, anything to do with, with the military and having, having these sort of depressions, anxieties and things like that. Um, something that they do that they shouldn't do. And I will be touching on that sort of stuff. And, and, You know, I'm very passionate about it because because I have how I was treated when I was told I had depression, I had um, anxiety, PTSD and things like that. I was ridiculed. I was knocked down. I was beaten up, you know, mentally, not physically, because, you know, solid. But um, in terms of growth, in terms of the message that I'm trying to send, you know, I'm passionate about it and I'll fight to the, to the end. Um, and that is something that is going to happen. And that is something that is, it's something that will be addressed within the military, especially in, in the UK military and from our boys across the pond, you know, there's a lot going on, that a lot being done that isn't then, you know, moved into, into military avenues and I've only got a small voice but there are others that have got a larger voice hopefully we can get connected and uh, get it smashed out but anyway let's see if um, Will is ready for me and uh, we'll crack on
1: right here we go Tomo's here so he will be in shortly request to join mate. Hey how's it? Yeah, going? Hey. I'm all good brother. Yourself? Hey midday on a Sunday Sunday bright sunny day is a good day.
0: Mate it's lovely outside. Fucking yeah. freezing in the shed but it's lovely outside. in the shed now. I am mate. Escaping, escaping into your, your man's zone, yeah? And yeah, you uh, got it, mate. You got it. This is um, my little sanctuary away from the wife and kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, good
0: for you, mate. Good for you. <laughs> How you been, anyway? Really good, mate. I am um, fucking tip-top at the minute. It's all good. It's all seems to be um yeah. working through, which is nice. Good. Good, good. We'll,
1: we'll talk a bit, a bit more about that in a moment. I yeah, uh, just... Do the introductions. My name is Will, everybody. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, mental health first aider and an NLP behavioral coach. And I'm here doing a series of live sessions with interesting people who are also into the mental health. Gig, like our advocates of talking about um, mental health, and today I'm here with Tomo from Granite Zero Pod, who runs a uh, podcast talking about mental health. And Tomo, I'll let you introduce yourself and just give it
0: what that podcast is about well, yeah yeah no problem no problem mate so yeah like you said i'm the host founder creator of granite zero podcast which um i started uh, well it'll be two years in march um and the reason why i started the podcast was i was at a particular low point within my it within my life um i'm a former serving member of the um military uh, I did three tours of duty uh, twice to Afghanistan, once to Iraq. Um, and My problems really came to the forefront when I left. Um, My dream was always to be in the military, and I did that. And I left um, for family reasons. Um, And when I left, I uh, sort of lost that sense of purpose, that sense of self. And I basically took it out on everybody else. I was super grumpy, um, very quick to be angry, very quick to... um, we, we call it flash. So I, I, I was quick to flash at people, get angry, that sort of thing. Um, uh, and there's a few little issues that I had that I won't discuss um, for, for reasons for me misses and, and what have you. Um, but basically, I couldn't settle. Um, within the five years that I left the military, I had six jobs. Couldn't settle, couldn't focus, had basically nothing. And at, and at one point, I was at rock bottom, um, personally. Um hence the name Granite Zero is a bit of a play on words, um, meaning rock bottom, but it was also my call sign when I was in Afghanistan. I was Granite Zero, that was my call sign. Um, but yeah, um, I took a plunge. Me and my brother spoke about it quite a lot. Um, different ways that I could help myself. Um, um one of them was um just literally talking about it, which a lot of people think, well, that's a bit obvious. Well, you'll be surprised. Um, yeah. And on, I think it was the fourth of March, two thousand nineteen. I was in my work vehicle um, doing a site patrol of the area that I worked in, and I went fuck it, basically and hit record. And Word vomited the first episode of Granite Zero, and it's literally yeah. gone gone strength to strength, basically yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> Amazing! Thank you so much for that. I could listen to that story all day. I know we'll
1: probably go into a little bit more detail. Can yeah. you give me a moment, Simon? Can you just your camera a little bit so you're a bit more in the middle of? The yeah. Street. Sorry, mate. So um... the words come up and then people will see you. <laughs> so thank you, Perfect. Thank you. Without so listen. Let me let me just go back. So obviously you. you Story to uh, to inspire you to share more and help other people. I'd just like to just take it back a little bit
0: and yeah. you know what what got you to wanting to join the military. What what's your story I, behind I, I come from a military background, mate. Um, my granddad served in World War Two. He was a aircraft technician, um, and he ended up doing countless tours. Obviously, within World War Two, he then went to Burma um yeah. Brunei um lots of places like that he ended up getting a a gallantry medal uh called the BEM which is the British Empire Medal yeah. um so it started off with with uh Grandad Tomo and then it went to who I call Big Tomo which is my dad he did 22 years as a uh parachute jump instructor he was the lead instructor within the military uh, yeah. Ended up being scouted to go to 22 SAS in Hereford um as their jump instructor so basically he was all singing all dancing parachutists of the world you might say um so my, my my dream was always to join the air force um i wanted to be a ptr like my dad um unfortunately i'm not quite as academic as i thought i was um <laughs> so i um i missed out on the aptitude test by i think two marks on both times i took it which was annoying because i already hold um personal training qualifications with um i've got three a levels in sports science nutrition and that sort of stuff and i was like well i've already got these qualifications can i do it and they were like nah mate And i was like okay what's the next most physical job i can do which is when they said the RAF regiment which a lot of people might go ah and start laughing because we are officially probably the most hated regiment within the whole of the military but Why, why is that um uh there's a there's been a lot of <laughs> we get a lot of shit because we because we're air force we get shit anyway but because we're infantry and we are pretty much like the army which will probably get a lot of people go yeah whatever mate yeah. um we we like we talk we act we are virtually identical to any other infantry unit pop and we wear a different cat badge. Um, and there was a viral video that went round of one of our, um, instructors doing this stupid video where he talks about a thing called the five mile of death, which everyone knows hard. the five mile of death. Um, basically it's a lot harder than it sounds. Um, and then he says something along the lines of, you can go toe to toe with the Paris and the Marines and the bar and all this. So through military banter and things like that, um, And a lot of of the time, a lot of other units don't realise what the RAF regiment does and what such a good job we do. For example, when they are on camp, there's limited rocket attacks on the camp and things like that because we go out and we perform to the best of our ability to stop these sort of attacks. But it's overlooked, you know what I mean. Um, So, yeah, uh, January 6th, 2008, I took the plunge, took the oath. And join the uh, RAF regiment. Amazing, that's amazing, continuing
1: the tradition, I mean you must be so proud of you know
0: that heritage. And, you know, to yeah. L- literally to no that. end of like the, the pride that I have, like I, I mentioned a, a number of times about my dad, my dad has always been my hero as much as um, we're <laughs> well if you put me and my dad in the same room although he's taller than me you'd go you're the same fucking person we Talk the same, we act the same, we have the same mannerisms. I'm even starting to wear fucking stupid spectacles to you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, we're we're very much uh, very much alike. Um, but yeah, he's he's my hero, always has been. Unfortunately, I never met my granddad. Unfortunately, um, which is a crazy story in itself. Um, my granddad passed away on the seventh of March, nineteen eighty-five, I believe. And I was born on the 7th of March, 1987. So a lot, oh, of, wow. a lot of my family, like, go, oh, well, you must be in reincarnation or something. It's like, well, if I believed in that sort oh, of thing, I'd, I'd go with it. But
1: Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Exactly what I was thinking. Um, it's such a great story. Very inspiring. One of my faces in here, Wayne, he says, The Rock, you're all right, buddy. Yeah, uh, you've got, yeah. you got a fan already, mate. You've got a fan already. So, you know, listen, you're, you're you know, you're very, and they kind of think your pride in what you did in the role within the military, yeah. I mean, any part of the military is a, is a positive thing. But, um, so let's, let's move on a little bit,
0: so military yeah. life came to an end, what made you decide to stop in the military? Well, so basically what, what happened was, I did, um, I did three tours of duty like I said, um, I went to Iraq yeah. in 2009, then pretty much, A year later, I was in Kandahar in Afghanistan. Then pretty much a year after that, I was in Bastion in Helmand province. So it was like almost back to back to back um, with very little time with uh, my wife at the time. um, And my my new eldest born child at that moment, 2011, she was born. Um, So as I was... Going through pre-deployment, I was like, I don't think I'll be able to do this again. Um, because, and I was completely right when I said it. Um, so I made the decision, I said to my missus, that is it. I went, because uh, the missus was a bit, she was getting very depressed and very homesick. I was used to it. You know, I moved away at 20 years old. I was used to being away from home. She wasn't. She's very family-oriented. <laughs> Um, so when I was when I was on tour the first two times she was at home with her mum and dad. Um after our right. second tour we got married, um she moved into Married quarters. Yes. So Right, okay. When when I was on pre deployment and getting ready to deploy and then when I deployed she would go home because she couldn't be in the house on her own. She didn't like it. She was too far away from mum and dad, too far away from her family. She's very close knit family. And I could see the decline in in, in my misses, and I was like, I can't do that to to you again. We need to have a conversation about it and make a decision. So I made the decision. I was like, No, that's it. It's time. It's time to put family first. I've done my dream, um, as short lived as as it was in terms of how what I wanted to uh, to go within the military. I wanted to do the full full service, as did my dad and granddad, but. You know, things change and you have to adapt and overcome and, and, and try and deal with it. Um, so I completed the, uh, the tour and then 7th of, no, 17th of September 2013 was my last day of service. So I came out after five and a half years. Um, and basically what happened was when I went away on tour, my daughter was one, um, still very much a toddler. Um, still very much baby like I came home after doing more or less seven months on tour she barely recognized me didn't know who I was and she was um, basically a toddler should I say so she went from being a baby to and I missed so much development we were really close me and me and my eldest and then there was just this divide because of the seven months of uh, development that I missed Um, and thankfully I did take the plunge and do the seven clicks as it's known and and leave the military because pretty much as soon as i we landed they were getting ready to redeploy and go back out again so yeah, that would have yeah. been that would have been four um and i couldn't have done that to him. i mean it sounds like that you
1: you made the right decision for the right reason you know it's, yeah no, no one's gonna even question that i'm sure and you gotta put your family first don't you and, and imagine if you've gone against yeah. you already felt disconnected
0: i mean it would have been so much more and, a good, and i'm assuming now everything is everything's all right and you've got a good relationship oh yeah yeah me both both yeah. um both daughters they're like it, i always say it's like arguing with a miniature version of myself they've got a lot of um a lot of daddy's attributes should we say yeah like, <laughs> good way to putting it yeah, yeah. Good way. They're, 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 to be fair i wouldn't change it I wouldn't change a thing about them they are Perfect in my eyes, but yeah, they do rub yeah. me up the wrong way sometimes. They got to go into the military, no, no. I try and sow the seeds because I, I I know how how clever they are as well. So I'm like, they could go off, they could they could do university, they could become an officer, they could become a pilot, for example. Because no role is um is closed now for for girls. Girls can do any role. Um, within the military and I try and so the see the missus shoots it down straight away no my <laughs> kids are going in it's like fucking hell we've got to have someone in to do the uh, keep the family tradition going yeah but, yeah. I don't, I don't see it you never know it might change it might change yeah well, just have to wait for grandchildren yeah yeah exactly <laughs>
1: so, obviously you know you shared um, you know that, that first part of the journey you said that it wasn't until after the military that you felt the mental health yeah. stuff, if you like. When you left then obviously you spent
0: some, some so, well, well, family time. Yeah, well, but what I, happened? I was I was never like not without a job. Put it that way. So I had a little bit of me time, you might yeah. say, looking for jobs and whatnot. <coughs> Excuse me. I did um I did a close protection course first because, like most military guys, you think especially infantry. I find you think that you don't have the skills and things to do other jobs yeah apart from uh, apart from security work yeah. protection, that sort of thing so i went and did uh, a course called uh, excellentia which um, specializes in uh, like high profile business type um protection working top level bankers that sort of thing um, completed that have i used my cp license since no um but it, i find it does look good on your cv put it that. Way. yeah any any other security job i've done i've literally top trumped i've gone uh, i've got cp yeah. not going to get better than that in your little area yeah. um but again like i said I, I failed to settle i didn't really have the the, the comradeship the camaraderie um yeah. the banter you might say yeah. um a lot of civvies don't really understand military banter, put it that way. Um, it's very dark, very unique, yes, you might say. Uh, yeah, um, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's a bit like that, um, and I, I failed to struggle, so I bounced from job to job up until not so much this job. The job I do now is pretty I, – I, I basically was told to settle by the missus, and I managed to work through it. But the job I had previously to that, I, I finally did – Um put a bit of my CP work to use where I did uh surveillance. I did surveillance work for for uh, insurance companies basically spying on benefit sheets. Um which was enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I that was
1: really rewarded
0: it, it? <laughs> was yeah. Don't get me wrong, some days were, were shit where you were just um sat watching a door for eight hours and you're like, well this was pointless. But other days were brilliant. Medical days were the best, medical days. When you'd follow them from the house, they get out as normal, stroll about, and then when they pull up to the medical, they get in a wheelchair and start, like, putting it all on thick. And then when they leave and you stop off at services and they get out and walk normally, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to obviously document that. Yeah, it's, the pilot, all done, you know? it's all done um, by a, like a like, a normal handheld camera. And it's amazing yeah. how many times... I was out in like the center of London, and you just pull out your camera like like normal. You put it down by your hip, and you're just recording. And the amount of time people just walk past you, don't even notice you've got your camera out. And it's like, yeah. like to be fair, in London you could just pull it up like normal, but like other other like little. little I, think bits I think that, I've got a
1: very limited knowledge of that kind of stuff, I guess. But from watching it on TV, some of them. Do-
0: they're like quite blasé about it, aren't they? Quite, like yeah, yeah. once they're out of where they need oh, to where, be, oh yeah, their, where they, they when they, they think they're not they're being watched, they 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 think they're like they can just go out. No, I followed a boat to Thorpe Park once; that was fun. I <laughs> to get to go on, a, go on a few rides; it's a good time.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. All part of the job. Um, so, so what are you up to right now, then? So right, right now, what, I'm um, I'm a security site manager now um so somehow I managed to wingle my way into a managerial role which I was like I don't know how this happened but 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 nah to be fair I've I've been on the site for a good couple of years um I got the site like the back of my hand and when my predecessor left he basically said look I think that you should have this job you need to you need to go to the next step you've you've been an officer for a couple of years I can see you want more etc etc so I sort of um Sat in his seat basically as soon as he left, which was, you know, fine by me. You know what I mean? Um, I was quite happy. Um, but yeah, in in sort of day to day life, oh, have we froze? Have we? Uh-oh. can be a bit of technical difficulties. Are you back?
1: Yeah, sorry, i was just checking my signal. One second. You just
0: stay there one moment. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. All
1: good, mate. All good. <laughs>
0: this is going to work sorry about that that's all right mate I'm good don't get me wrong mate on uh on the yeah, gun zero podcast we're always have, better than others we we always have uh technical difficulties whenever i'm on any show mate whether it's my yeah. own or someone else's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, yeah different parts styles, different signal right yeah. so um that's what you do now i mean
1: obviously you've got a, you must have a vast amount of knowledge and it must feel good so you know support
0: others with that in their own de- in their development yeah I, I think so and I'm I've done like I said I've done pretty much every job within security as it is I've obviously got the license for CP done the officer yep. role done C- CCTV done surveillance work so I've got like a a vast knowledge within security and I was I was sort of getting to that stage where it's like well I need more now I need to do more yeah and that's when my miss is like can you just chill out a little bit because like, my feet get itchy, I'm like, I've got to do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that stems that's my own sort of neurosis. That's my own sort of um, problems after leaving the military was I, I needed something to do. I needed to be doing something that was that was worth doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, but the the main thing that I it's more of like a like a hobby now, sort of pastime, sort of um, first aid for myself. Obviously, is 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 my is my podcast, my show, um, and the other little avenues that I went through um, within within my Granite Zero sort of bubble. Um, I did the miniature documentary on on myself and and what I've been through, which was whiskey and wrong decisions. You can see it on you on YouTube, guys. Um, and I'm almost at completion of the Granite Zero book, which is basically my memoirs from childhood up until now, which is, yeah. that, that is being looked over by, I believe, a mutual friend of ours in um, Chris Michaels. Um, he's yeah. looking over that for me at the minute. Yeah. Fucking legend that he is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully that should be out. Well, I want to say by Granite Zero's second birthday, I'm, I'm hoping to have it out, but it'll probably be out before yeah. then. Yeah, amazing. Uh, listen, I, I think it's awesome that you're using your experiences
1: to kind of share your story, and I know it will inspire others. So we're at the point now, you know, we're, we're up to date with what you did for work, but we within that time, I know you said the dates already, but just what were you doing at the time when you started this, this
0: idea of a podcast? Well, I was at uh, I was at the uh, I was at the site that I am now that I'm the manager of now, and yeah. I was going through a bit of a, a traumatic time within myself. I was very distant. My knife fell down. Um, I was, um, yeah, I was going through. A I, bit I of won't ask of, you why you've got a knife there. Just <laughs> why not? Why wouldn't you have a jungle knife in your shed? You know what I mean? <laughs> the fucking, ghost, the fucking ghost trying to attack me in my shed. Um, But yeah, so I was in a traumatic time within myself, I was very distant, um, and the way I sort of summed it up was, I had no way of dealing with these emotions, Um, I was never taught how to deal with these emotions that I've got. Um, I found myself, I'd I'd park, park my vehicle up, and I would just literally fucking just sit, break down and cry, mate, like for hours yeah um and then i would go home and the missus would be like are you all right it's like yeah i'm fine and that would be it i'm fine and then yeah. walk off and just be a bit snappy somewhere else the girls would be doing their normal bits being being a bit like me being a bit annoying doing little picky things and i would just lose my temper over for example yeah. they drop a fork on the floor at dinner and it would be like world war three in the house and i was like where where the fuck is this coming from yeah and my missus would, would always be like, there's something not right with you. You need to go and see the doctor. And I'd be like, fuck off. I don't need to see the doctor. I'm fine. And she's like, no, you're not fine. And then it was always, we, I always had that little thing in the back of my head about, um, like I said, being in part of the most hated regiment. It's like, well, yeah. I didn't see direct contact. I didn't see people having their legs bone off. I shouldn't be feeling like this. No chance. There can't be anything wrong with me. Right. It's not, literally not until recently that I've actually discovered that it doesn't matter because everybody's fucking mind is different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was struggling really bad, but at home it was, I was distant, pushing people away. They didn't really know any different. My old man recently has read the first draft of the book and he was like, I had no idea there was anything wrong with you. Yeah. I was like, well, that's because I learned how to hide it. Yeah. I didn't know how to deal with the emotions that I'd never seen before. My my, yeah. my quick reaction was always, like I said, flash, flash bang. Get angry. I had no idea what I was angry at. I was just fucking angry. Angry at myself, most likely, for not processing emotions properly. It's probably a frustration as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But it was like, when there was nobody around me, no one around me, I just felt literally useless and, right. and unloved. And I went from being a fucking... This is sounds disgusting. A war hero, inverted commas, been out to war and done all that, and now I'm picking up trolleys in a in a car park because they're in the way. It's like are you joking me. And, mm, yeah, and, I mean, it, 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 I, yeah, I can understand. I can
1: understand why you would think that way. Yeah. Um, you know, there's such a level of importance and I don't think it's the right word now, but you know, it must feel really good.
0: You know, that service, uh, it's like I, you know, I always said. Like, to, yeah, I always said to my manager. Um, he was like, "You go from telling everybody week in week out what do you do when you like when go on home on leave or whatever. Oh, so how have you been? What have you been up to? I'll get ready to deploy to Iraq soon, and everyone's like, oh fucking hell, can I buy you a drink and all this?'" And now it's like you go home you're like, "Oh, what are you up to? Oh, I picked up some trolleys from ASDA." It's like, "Cheers, easy. <laughs> Catch you later." Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, where's that gone? Where's that like ego boost? That sort of yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that. But you
1: know, it is a shame that we we kind of we view people that way. Why wouldn't someone buy you a buy you a drink when you're doing anything?
0: You know, yeah, yeah. And um, I do, I do. Um, I understand. It, it was a it was a big struggle. It was. It really was. Yeah. And the the amount of self loathing and negative thoughts that were going through my head like straight away I would always go to the negative it was like as, as do quite a lot of Brits you might find and quite a lot of um serving soldiers and and, and veterans and things like that they'll always go oh fucking hell snowing outside or whatever fucking snowing it's like oh snowing but you know it, it's it was a, it was a tough time and as I mentioned in in the documentary and I mentioned in the book and I mentioned countless times in my podcast it was actually my eldest daughter that found me at my granite zero you might say my rock bottom um which was i think it was the to be actually 100 percent precise it was the 2nd of march so i was literally on the floor in my kitchen me and missus me, had a barney um about me basically being a bit distant and what have you so we had a massive argument and i was on the floor in in the kitchen thinking i've lost everything now because of how I've been, how I've been feeling, fucking floods of tears. Something that I've always tried to hide from the kids. Like I'm supposed to be daddy. I was a, I was a soldier. I'm supposed to be strong, macho man. They're, I'm supposed to be their hero. And here he is, broken on the floor. That was what was going on in my head. The sort of self-loathing still going on, and then my eldest literally just came in, put their forehead on mine, and was like, "Daddy, we still love you. You're fine." And he was like. If she can see past all this crap and make me feel better, then I should be doing better for for them. And now I don't. I don't hide anything from from the girls now. Um, as much as my missus like, you probably shouldn't show them that. It's like, well, no, they need to learn. If they can learn and and learn from me and help someone else or help themselves even better, especially in today's climate, kids. On their phones on on youtube social media it's very easy to start getting bullied trolled and things like that and having yeah. a, a good stable mental state is brilliant because my girls are so sensitive and so loving anyway it's like they're amazing and yeah. they're, they're, they're part of the reason why i started the show is uh, alongside um as i call her the long-haired colonel um the boss in in the house Curve. Yeah. Uh, so, uh,
1: Wayne has said, uh, as an ex-military man myself, I can relate to the lack of purpose after service. It takes a lot of adjustment when you are no longer doing a role where somebody's life might depend on you. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like you're a superhero, right? You lives, it. you feel you're, you're protecting the world, our planet, our and then you go and do
0: something where where those boxes aren't ticked if you like yeah yeah I can't imagine I can't imagine what that that must feel like it's um it's a buzz don't get me wrong and anybody that's gone on tour will probably say well I wasn't scared you fucking were when you fucking went out there don't lie everyone's fucking scared um and uh, I was when I first went to therapy Um, I spoke about it quite often, um, which was you go from, you're in a state of heightened readiness all the time, especially if you're an infantryman that goes out on the ground all the time, Um, especially like some of the Paris, Marines, rifles. I could list loads of us, but, you know, they're they're constantly getting in contact and what have you. When it it comes to the RAF regiment, we do go out on the ground, we mix with the the locals, Um, we deal with the rocket attacks and things like that. Um, I say that quite blase, which annoys my missus as well. She's like, Why are you, a rocket attack is a big thing? It's like, yeah. maybe it was just fucking Monday. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it was the fact that, and I, uh, I mention it quite a few times within the podcast as well, you, you step out on the ground outside the wire, you're no longer safe. Yeah. At any moment, it could happen to any one of your friends, any one of the team, any, another call sign down the road. You could step on an ID because that was their like weapon of choice, you might say. It would hide yeah. these fucking devices on, on vulnerable points and you could step on it and blow up. And you yeah. have to have that in your head every time you go out. And, you know, yeah. it, when I first went on tour, I was 21. That's a, that's a big deal for a 21-year-old to try and deal with. Yeah. and you know there was lads that were younger than me. There was lads that were like eighteen that went out, and it's it's just mad, mate. And you never really, well, I never really, I never really decompressed from that. You you go off and you do your decompression, which is a day, a day decompression. Okay. when you so you you're, you're on tour. So you're on tour and you finish your final patrol. You pack all your stuff, give all your ammo back, that sort of thing. You then fly out to Cyprus for a day to decompress, have a a couple of beers and then you're back home in the UK and they expect you to just go about your daily life afterwards. So counselling that you got, you thought that yourself? Yeah, that was all done by myself. Um, And it's a big thing that I've been trying to uh, fight for in terms of um, mental health and, and building up I call it the bat belt Um, building up like a utility belt of, of different defenses for your, for your mind. Um, One of the things that I am strongly um, attached to and and a part of, and that is the inner armor coaching, um, which is done through positive psychology and post-traumatic growth and and all this sort of thing, 28 questions to help you. um, But it basically, it gives you, Al McGregor, who is a fucking genius who invented this this technique, who I've had on my show quite a few times. Unfortunately, he's not on Instagram. He is on Twitter. You can find him at, um, at Inorama UK, I think it's called, on Twitter. Um, he, he gives you, he hates the word tools, but he gives you tools. So when you're going into a downward slope, say you've just seen something traumatic and you're like, fucking hell. And then it all comes in on you, and you start getting all those negative feelings, all those post-traumatic stress disorder, and things like that. He gives you the tools that have, so you have that little flashlight, so you can see yeah. yourself back through the dark, and you can get yourself back out of it. I like that. Um, basically, that's what happens. He gives you the tools to help fight through depression, anxiety, um, PTSD, all those things before they take hold. You've already got them. Yeah. And he's trying to get this into the military. It's gone into the lower levels. Love it. Upper levels. Love it. Sort of. It's the middle section who I call the dead man shoes. So all the warrant officers, flight sergeants, all the ones that have been in for ages that are still in that mentality of, you know, you're a soldier, just deal with it. They're the ones that are stopping it. So all this life saving Positive psychology coaching, all that sort of stuff is basically being shut down. Like he was snuck onto a, a, a Marine base by um, just, I think he's a corporal in the Marines. Yeah. He, he did the coaching for him and they were like, this is fucking brilliant. Why have we not had this before? yeah And then it got found out by like the station commander or whoever found out that he was there and they were like, no, he needs to get off. This isn't safe. Because there's that yeah. what if factor, the what if it doesn't work for one person. And he yeah. ends up taking his life—that sort of thing. I suppose that, um, yeah, that's the, the danger that they probably foresaw—the yeah, yeah. fact
1: that I guess what they train you to to do is psychologically build up a, a
0: barrier. For yeah, all it's, of it's it's a lot and of, and uh, it's a lot of other... to break it down. Don't yeah, you? there's a lot of others that use like resi- um, resilience, like resistance, sort of resilience training, yeah. um, which again is good, but it also deflects from the actual thing. Um, when I went through the coaching myself, he opened me up like a packet of crisps, mate, within about five seconds. Yeah. Um, I was saying things that I'd never spoke about before in my life. <laughs> and uh, it, it was, it was mad. And I went and actually did the actual, um, the full on course. He did this over the, over like this. He opened me up. And I went and did the actual course. I was invited down and I was um, with some very high ranking army official of, or, Army veterans, shall I say, because they're no longer serving. full um, colonels. There was like blokes with MBEs, like all sorts, all around this table. There was even people from the Met Police, that uh, the, le- the leaders in uh, counterterrorism and all this. And he had us all. And it was like, none of you are special. You've all got certain issues. Like as a collective, you can you can all help each other through it, and and I was like oh, like a like a battle buddy battle buddy system. I check on you, you check on him, he checks on, and it like that, and that's how it worked. And I was like, this is brilliant. And every single one of us had said it was fantastic coaching, fantastic training, works wonders, And it, and it and it's like, why isn't there anything like this within even in America? they they, they sort of shun it. Uh, I guess
1: the military, as I say, I guess uh, my my thought process is that it would, be, it would be more difficult to do while you're in the military. It starts to yeah. crack that barrier, um, but once you leave, I mean, should be the
0: first thing they're signing you up for, surely. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, I mean, I, I believe they should do it during it. I but believe so. I, understand what they might not watch they're, they're, we have or we have I'm not serving anymore they have um, like a I can't remember what the ac- acronym actually means but they have trim training but you have like a handful on, on a platoon or on a squadron or whatever so you'll have like five and it's like well what happens if they're all in in an incident themselves then we're, we're all fucked yeah yeah but it's like why can't you just give everyone this training it's not hard um, but, yeah, it, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And the, yeah. And, the, and the fight goes on. And, it, and it's yeah. the same thing with, within military, within um, the police, paramedics, especially now, um, they're all, yeah. all for, oh, we need to fight for the, the mental health and, and what have you. And it's like, yeah, you all say it. Yeah. Can we start doing something? You, you put your little campaigns on the telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I've spoken to quite a few people who have worked for the NHS and are working for the NHS, and it's a very, very, very stressful place. Yeah, I can't you know, imagine. And, you know, the military and the, and the police as well, any sort of service like that, where, you know, you're protecting other people, you're putting your own life at risk in some form or another, it's a very stressful occupation.
0: Definitely. And what are we doing? Well, it doesn't feel like we're doing much, from what I get told. Yeah. Well, we we got we we did. We went out on our doorsteps and gave them a round of applause. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. I don't know why you're saying it because it's lovely. It's a nice gesture, but it's not solving the problem, is it? No, no. And and they're like like everybody keeps saying they're very overstretched, very undermanned. Yeah. And they're not going to break. And it's the same with with uh, the police force as well. They never get a break. Yeah. Like, to be fair, the military, when we're not on tour, we're pretty much sat around having a massive break, basically. Um, But the police force, like, if they they see an incident or go to an incident and something drastically disgusting and they're all suffering, they basically have, like, a, a little chat. Are you all right? And speak to, like, someone like myself. I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. Cheers. Yeah, to crack on definitely not fine though that's yeah, going to affect yeah. you at some point that little seed is going to start rotting it's, it's there yeah
1: it's there in the unconscious mind at the back of your head it will come out in one way or another
0: yeah, exactly and
1: um, you know in my experience traumatic events um, we can forget the details but the
0: effects of it are still it. very very much there yeah and that's, that's the bad thing and I think the police got a lot of shit over 2020, like how they dealt with the rioters and, and whatnot and what have you, and especially over in America as well. And um, I spoke to another friend of both of ours with Eddie and, um, yeah. and it was like the, the lack of training that they've got is the main issue. Yeah. Like they keep going on about, oh, that they, they shoot first and all this. And like, well, yeah, cause they haven't done a good conflict fucking management course or anything like that. So of course they're just going to, you're going to run at me. Of course I'm going to pull my gun at you. Yeah. Like, escalation of force and things like that and yeah me and Eddie when he was on on my podcast he did a lot of stuff about conflict management and and, and what have you but it's, it all comes down to the training um and especially when they when they stormed the capital I've got a a big thing about that that really got to me was how everyone was just taking a turn now on a on a mental health thing but <laughs> but when when they were all making it all uh, a racial thing it's like, it's not, it's a political thing, This they're storming it because of for the political yeah. views. And they're like, yeah, but nobody nobody white got hurt. What do you want about that The white lady got shot? There's video evidence yeah. of being shot. And they were yeah. like, well, she probably deserved it. She might have done. However, not one of them did fucking first aid straight away. Yeah. Because of a lack of training. Yeah. It was the first aid of trying to get through and they wouldn't let him through. But we digress. We love a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no absolutely i just <laughs> i really enjoy listening to
1: you mate I, yeah. you know really listening to you talk is really interesting and um you know thank you for coming on um, anybody that's watching thank you so much for joining us if you've got any questions or comments or anything you want us to talk about please put it into the
0: chat Um, uh, well, and uh, i'll do our best to do it i've not really been watching the chat too i haven't mate, i've been i've been sort of focused um, and soon a few, a few waves pop up, so. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I, saw that. I saw that. Uh, Anybody has <laughs> got anything they want us to talk about or any questions. But, so in the meantime, i so like, listen, where, where I'm, I'm,
0: you know, for our viewers, where do they find your podcast? How can they get to that podcast? So, the grand Zero podcast is actually available on all podcast platforms. So, everything from Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, um, the list goes on and on. Yeah. I also put up a... Uh, video upload usually from from my conversations usually I do it by Zoom. So I get the video upload as well. And that goes to YouTube. So if you just type in Granite Zero, there isn't. Yeah. I'll just pop up basically. Um Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You tend to if you're gonna get a a, a main sort of reaction from me, as in uh back and forth if you wanna have a conversation. Usually I'm usually on Instagram more than the other two um yeah. so just pop up in my dms if you need me if you want to chat for example or if you, or if you fancy coming on the show like i've always said i don't limit my guests to having a blue tick or a, a thousand million followers or whatever yeah. if you need a chat and you've got a bit of a story sure if you just fancy i've had, i've had my mates on you know what i mean yeah who have like two followers on instagram it doesn't bother me you know yeah. because the reason why I started the podcast, I started the podcast literally. I would spend 45 minutes to an hour talking to myself, i just see yeah. word vomiting out to myself. And a lot of people were like, How do you do that? And I went, Well, I feel like I'm talking to other people, yeah. either that or the voices in my head. I'm not sure. Um, well, I, I with my coaching, I tend to get people to talk to themselves
1: out loud because it brings it out, yeah. So, yeah form of coaching that I use. It's it's been such a pleasure having you on, mate. We're we're almost out of time, and anybody that's watched,
0: thank you so much for joining us. Um, Tom, I want to get on this podcast with you, mate. Yeah, definitely, mate. You crack on. 100%. We'll get you on.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We'll have to do another one soon. There's
0: so much more to talk (laughs) about. anytime time, yeah. mate. Any time. I, I love talking. I can talk with Britain. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
1: I mean, I love it. it. I just sit and listen, and it's amazing. And, you know, I do these uh, these live chats to listen to other people and hear their stories. And I know everybody that watches benefits from it. So it's just great for me. So thank <laughs> you great, so mate. much. No problem. Yeah, all right. Speak to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Thanks for joining us. Cheers, someone. Cheers, mate no problem
0: yeah right speak to you soon thank you guys Thanks for doing cheers Tom. well there you go that was me talking on another podcast I don't know how you'll feel about me um, nicking the audio to that but I'm going to because can Um but yeah um, cheers um, and as I say in the RF regiment I haven't said this for a while Per Ardua through adversity I'm Tomo and I'm out